welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tandy. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. Yeah, welcome back to our 7th Heaven Podcast. <laughs> In today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 17 of 7th Heaven, the title of which is Sometimes That's Just the Way It Is. Or, if you are in Germany, the title is Luck in the Misfortune. Our IMDb user synopsis is The babies still make all siblings miserable. Simon believes shifting to middle child position ended his luck and resorts to desperate superstitious tricks. Even a chain letter. Matt decides on his own to take military recruitment tests. Lucy and Mary abuse shopping to slip out and let students Jeff and Chris tempt them to childish pranks while driving. Then, this bizarrely escape a bad car crash with Ted Grant, who got drunk to celebrate he finally put an end to years of marital misery with freakishly uptight British wife Emily, who still gets the Camden couples' unconditional support. So there's know. another one with a lot of lies in there. Right. I don't even know if the if those boys I think one of them Had is names. Named, yeah. Well, one of them is definitely named Jeff, but I don't know if the other one was named Chris. Yeah. Um I also have a fan review. Woo, we haven't had one in a while. Yeah, and this is a doozy. Um where we actually have somebody who didn't like the episode. I don't, I don't think we've done this before where we where we've had a negative fan review. Um so the title of this is Terrible Episode. <laughs> I have never had an urge to punch to TV hoping that the person would get punched, but got it several times from this episode. Annie and Ruthie have both gone down the toilet and should have been cut from the show because of this episode. That is merely the title. The rest of the review. Um, they were so scared that their kids could have died in the car crash, even though they wouldn't have gotten a scratch seeing that the other car wasn't moving that fast. A miracle of God, my ass. Worst episode ever. That was an all-caps lock. This was only rated a 1 out of 10. Okay, so, um, definitely not the worst episode ever. No, there was definitely episodes... The the last episode was worse than this. But this person felt very strongly. Very, Um, very strongly. So, alright, um, what was your first impression? Well, my first impression was mostly that there were a lot of guest stars on this episode that I recognized. I think, um... I've recognized more than half of the guest stars, so that was exciting for me. I think it made the episode better than maybe it was in my eyes because of all the people I recognized. I guess, yeah. All right, so um, we'll start with the cold open. Yep. Yeah. Um, so all the Camdens, except for Simon, are in the dark uh, with their flashlights, and they think that a thief is trying to rob them. In, but and but they're all outside of Simon's room, and they're like. Who could it be? And then Ruthie's like, it's Simon, duh. He was like, he's, he's like, the only one who's not here with us, and it, the noise is coming from his room. So they open Simon's door, and Simon is frantically looking for something. Um, it seems that he's lost his red lightning ring. Uh, we haven't heard about the red lightning it, ring in Since a while. Since like season one. Right. Um, but he's looking for it again. Basically, Simon is now the middle Camden, and he believes very strongly in the middle Camden curse which is what Lucy had before. Yes. Um, so he thinks that if he gets the ring, he'll get his good luck back. Um, I think the cold open just ends with them saying, should we kill him now or later? And then the babies wake up. And then they're like, now. Ha ha. Um, so that's it. Really. That's the cold yeah. open. Yep. Um, 
which, I mean, it only really sets up Simon's storyline, um, which we'll get to now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, of course, Simon spins... It's another one of those, like, kitty storylines where he's just occupied, like, trying to figure out, like, why his luck has changed and, like, interpreting things that happen to him as bad luck. Um, like, I don't know. what. Well, I can't he even... tries to put a horseshoe on top of his, like, door... But he doesn't, he just, like, rests it on there, um, so it falls down, and he's like, it's bad luck. Um, he also, as our user summary pointed out, starts using chain letters. Now, I would like our audience to understand that this is not chain letters as in emailing, email. or, like, even, like, AIM messages, when you would, like, forward AIM messages to people, uh, AOL Instant Messenger, for anybody that doesn't know. Um, but, no, actual letters that were written that he mailed... Which I don't know if that was actually a... Th was that a thing? I don't recall that being a thing. I know chain letters from, like, emails. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah. Please enlighten us if you know. <laughs> if you've ever sent a physical chain, chain letter. Right. He, like, tries to get Ruthie in on it, where he's like, did you send my chain letters? Um, what else does he do? He, like, tries spells, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, because I wrote down that Simon is a witch. <laughs> um, but, like... I don't know where he gets a spellbook from, first of all, because yeah. I feel like in the Camden household, having a spellbook would be, like, persona non grata or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, we really don't have much to say about this. I mean... Well, yeah, uh, he talks to the stars at some point. Yeah. Um, which I guess brings us to our first uh, guest star. Yeah. Um, I think in this episode, uh, we're just going to blatantly, like, say this generally, um... The Rev has people come to his house for counseling. Um, I guess. I guess so he can continue to watch the babies, and also because we get the idea that people are interested in seeing the baby, the twins, now that like they're home and stuff. So one of the people that come is um, Amy and her daughter Glen Glenda. Glenda is most familiar uh, as Fee or Fiona from the Disney Channel original show. Uh, so weird was one of my favorite shows as a child. Uh, it's the actress Cara Delizia. Um, so Weird is also known for having another Seventh Heaven alum, uh, Eric Von Denton. Oh, wow. So, so much information. Glenda uh, is transferring schools. She used to go to an all-girls school and is now go uh, would like to now come to Glen Oaks Middle, Middle School. I forget. I, I, they say the name of it, but I don't know. Whatever. It's, the school there, Simon goes. Uh, and... There's a spring fling at her all-girls school, and she wants to ask Simon, but Simon says he has a girlfriend, uh, and she's like, Ruthie says, no, she, no, he doesn't, basically, and uh, Glenda does not believe him and storms off, and it's more examples of Simon's bad luck. So this, this storyline for Simon really ends with him... Um, I mean, he decides to get rid of the chain letters, the physical chain letters. In the food, what do you call that? Disposal. Disposal. <laughs> um, so you, actually, this is a pretty awesome scene, because they're like on construction paper, like different colored construction paper. So he puts it in, turns it on. And a, a bunch of confetti comes up. I mean, it, it, it's supposed to be the bits of construction paper, but it's, a, it's confetti. Yeah, um, and... We get to the kind of, like, the gist of the episode here when uh, the Rev and Annie basically go up to him and be like, stop. This has nothing to, like, you being the middle child or the twins being born or you not having your ring has nothing to do with your luck, like, good or bad luck. You can't just 
always get what you want. Like, you can't ask for something and then get it immediately. Like, stop you doing have to, all these You have things. to work for it, yeah. whatever. So stop it. And this lesson doesn't really go through uh, Simon's head because the very next moment he's like, oh, I got my luck back. Right, because <laughs> he's like, I didn't really get in trouble for, I don't know, doing this. So, like, that, it was lucky that that happened. And he's like, oh, I got my luck back. And we find out that the red lightning ring has been with Ruthie all along. Of, because, of course, it has. Um, so let's go to Matt. Yeah, I think that right after the cold open, the, we get the first scene with Matt. He's, like, at the kitchen table, and I think we're supposed to get the idea he's, like, doing schoolwork, but he's not really doing schoolwork. He's, like, doodling in his notebook and, like, writing different careers down. Um, and it says, like, doctor, Native American chief is apparently a career that he wants to pursue. Lawyer. Um, there was, like, one other one, too. Yeah, a couple of weird ones in there. But anyway, as he's doing that, the Rev walks by and is like, oh, thinking about your future, considering it's, like, the middle of second semester and you still, like, haven't declared a major. Which I would just like to point out just for a second. When did you declare your major? Um, when I was, like, went into school, and oh. I didn't change. Well, okay, so so did I. <laughs> but... Like, uh, I know. You can you can go pretty much, like, two years without declaring a major, and still, as long as you're, you don't want to... But if you want to be, like, a doctor, or, like, a, there are certain professions that... You have to de- you, declare If you want to graduate on. on time, you have to declare early on. But, like, most of the people at the at the undergrad that I went to didn't really declare majors unless they had right at the beginning until like junior year and that's really the deadline to declare majors so the rev hounding him about the second semester of his freshman year is kind of ridiculous also because most of freshman year at like undergrads you go to um is like what you're taking like core right or like elective classes yeah like you might take like one or course. two like the intro classes to your major, major you might right. take um, Which usually can be, if it's like an arts and sciences, can be applied if to, you switch. Right. Um, so, yeah, he's so this kind of is in Matt's head as he's driving somewhere. Uh, we don't actually get to where he's driving because he stops and he sees an army recruitment center. And this is what he decides he's going to do with his life. Uh, so Matt's storyline is him joining the army. He meets with... Uh, I guess an army a recruiter. recruiter yeah. Um, and the recruiter explains to him that the more years he dedicates to the army, the more money he gets towards school. And Matt's like, great, I'll do that. Um, and he decides to go into aviation. Yeah, which is another, like, I don't think enlisted people can just decide that they're going to become pilots. I'm pretty sure that's like a officer or like people who like go through the academies end up being doing that. Um, we find out that he needs to take in like in this in the seventh heaven verse. We find out that he needs to take he needs to pass this like test, which um, tests his like me- mechanical skills, English, math, etc. And if he passes his test, then he's good to go. So he takes this test. Um, before he gets results for his test, he comes home, and he tell uh, the rev is not there, but he tells Annie that he's joined the army. This is a very strong point of contention for Annie. We get a couple of scenes that cut away here where she... She's just smacking him with, like, a newspaper. Like a dog. Um, She does it multiple times until uh, the Rev comes home, and the Rev's like, what happened? He's like, I've joined the army. And the Rev at first is like, oh, cool. Okay. (laughs) 
Because he hears fifty thousand, like fifty thousand dollars, and he's like, and a salary, like you get the money for school and you get paid. So and you like get set for a job afterwards. Uh, whereas Annie's like, well, you had a lot to say about this. Uh, that Annie was um, saying about how oh, she- well, like it's just I don't know. Um, so Annie was like, we support our troops and we're like behind them, but like basically that I, I guess the whole gist of it was like. I think it's kind of hypocritical for people who are like, oh, we stand behind the troops 100%, but then, like, if one of their children... Like, they're all for someone else's kid going and, like, possibly, like, potentially getting killed, but they're like, not my child, but I'll support your child if they decide to go and, like, put themselves in danger. So, that was it. Um, yeah, Annie had a big speech, basically. Uh, About, like, how supportive she is of, of the military, but... She doesn't want Matt to be a part of the military. Uh, their entire reasoning for why they don't agree with Matt joining the army is because they don't think that he's really thought about it. Um, I kind of have to agree, but then at the same time, he has a point. Like, he's a grown man, and he can make the decisions he wants to make. Yeah. I don't know. But it doesn't really matter. It's a moot point because he doesn't pass the test. Yeah. Um, so he comes home from, I guess, taking the test, and then it's kind of in the same scene when Simon has put the letters in the garbage disposal, or right, the CF, um, and they, that's kind of why Simon gets off the hook, um, but they look at Matt, and they're like, you can't just go and impulsively, I don't know, do things, and he's like, okay, you're right, I'm not going to join the army, um, and then they're like, oh, that was way too easy, we have to find out what's really up, and then they find out he did not pass the te- test. So, fun fact here, um, Catherine Hicks, who plays Annie Camden, um, on her official website, uh, mentioned, I think, uh, like, most of the time she very much agrees with what Seventh Heaven's message is and what it's saying about certain topics, but she actually disagreed about um, Annie's approach and the Rev's approach in this episode to try to coerce Matt out of joining the army. Uh, she, her quote was something along the lines, a year of boot camp is healthy for everyone. So... <laughs> That, that's Catherine Which Hicks's I don't know if I agree with that, but... I mean, I don't, I don't think it's healthy. For, I don't think I should be anywhere near the army, personally. Um, I would not be an asset. Um, but, yeah, so you can see, like, a pattern emerging here of the kids being the kids and the parents being the parents. Wow. <laughs> wow. <That's> <laughs> so eloquent. So, <sighs> such, such, such great analysis. So... Uh, we'll do Ruthie really quickly now. Yeah, um, kind of going off of what Ruthie's been doing for, like, the last two episodes or episodes since the babies have been born, um, she's just trying to get attention because she's no longer the youngest, and it's all so hard, um, and she starts because everyone's coming over to the house for the counseling sessions, and they want to sit in the living room while they wait for the Rev and just, like, look at the twins, um, so... I guess, like, Annie might have told Ruthie to, like, try to entertain the people while they wait, and they are, they're all ignoring her, and she's doing, like, she's trying to do, like, a stand-up act and, I don't know, a bunch of other things. It gets, like, per- as the episode goes on, it gets progressively. Gymnastics, yeah. yeah. She starts with just doing, like, a cartwheel. The next time, she's doing some sort of, like, yeah, comedy routine. Then the next time, she's pretending to be Moses. Yeah, oh, she's acting out, like, the story of, no, 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 she's not... Is it, but Moses is mentioned. Abraham? Yeah, no, she's pretending to be, like, Moses' mother, putting him in the river. Oh, I don't, so, sorry, I don't know the story. Oh, well, Moses' mother put him in the river. Thank you. 
And then the pharaoh's wife found him, and then he grew oh, up. Oh, being, yeah, oh, right. it's Prince of Egypt. The Prince basically. of Egypt. I know the Prince of Egypt. Okay. Um, and this is that's, that's actually in the Bible. I'm gonna bring back um, my homoerotic. Um, oh my god! With this, you somehow you slightly agreed with me. Yeah, I think they were really good friends. They were really good friends, but I like doing what I like to do, so I'm going to continue. Uh, there were these two elder women um, who were getting entertained by. Oh, that doesn't sound yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> they were watching the Moses story. Right. Um. Uh. And I said, "Oh, I bet you they're like, um, they're like lesbians or something." And it, it my like theory got progressively better because they were like holding on to each other. Yeah. Then when they left, they were holding hands, like holding each other. So. I mean, I'm sure they were just friends who'd come they for some just, reason. But yeah, they were just there for a counseling session together. But I'm just gonna choose to believe what I choose to believe. I thought they were just like old church ladies. Probably. Um, and then her l- very last like technique is to put on this outfit. Uh, it's like it's got like feather trim on it. I yeah, like black sequins, feather trim, purple. Oh, I thought it was purple. Yeah. Well, the the trim was purple, but the the oh. main piece was black. Oh, I thought the dress was purple. Oh. Um, and she gets sparklers and is like, and she's tap dancing. Like, Ta-da! A lot of like uh, Mackenzie Rosman performance pieces this like season. This season yeah. Um, I also just, it occurred to me, like, when she goes to, at a certain point, she goes to answer the door, and the person on the other side is like, oh, can I come in? And she's like, hold on, I have to check. And I, like, forget, she still seems like she's, like, five years old, but she's supposed to be, like... Eight. She's just, yeah, she's just, like, tiny. So, I don't know. I wonder what... She still looks really young, seems really young. Uh, One of my favorite lines in this episode from Ruthie was when... um, uh, we'll talk about who Emily Grant is and, uh, once we get to that well, part of the story Well, it's just one line. of the people who was there for counseling takes the sparklers away from her mm-hmm. and is like, you shouldn't be playing with fire. And she's like, don't tell the reverend and his wife. Like, that's how she refers to her parents <laughs> when her parents aren't around. Not like, don't tell my mom and dad. Yes. So, that's, that, I mean, that's it. She's just still trying to get attention. Yeah, that, this storyline is not resolved. Also, she's the only child that doesn't get told that you can't get everything you want. <laughs> because she did. <laughs> because the woman who told her not to play with fire was like, oh, the babies have enough gifts. I'm going to get you a gift. Go, Ruthie, I guess. <laughs> Gaming the system. <laughs> uh, continually. Um, so we'll go to the only two Camden kids left, uh, Mary and Lucy, who are again lumped together, as they have been in episodes before. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know if I really like, but oh well. Don't worry, we're going to start to get away from that. Um, so, Mary and Lucy are again in this, uh, they need to leave kind of mindset. Like, they, they're they stuck in the house. They're in the yeah. house, yeah. Um, so, they are trying to come up with any reason. I think, like, one of the first scenes is them, like, let's make them run, let's let mom run out of something so she needs us to go shopping for her, which is, I think, where the user summary comes from, but that's not the case. That's not what happens, yeah. First, they try to get the milk, but there's too much milk, then they're, like, the soap. Uh, This is also where we get a scene where, I forgot to mention this earlier, but Simon says that, like, the cloud of doom was previously on top of Lucy's head, but now it's on top of his head. So I like that the Camdens are self-aware enough to know that Lucy is the most dramatic and sensitive and the worst. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good for you, show. Um, they finally get their... Well, we have... Ah, we'll discuss this later. They finally get the chance to do this because one of the uh, people that were there for counseling leaves her purse. Yeah. So they drive. 
And while they're driving, they run into two elder boys in a car. Also, well, actually, I feel like they're the same age as them. Probably, but they're all like, yeah, pretending so. to be something they're not. And these boys are like, well, Annie tells them to, when they go to drop off the purse, you can go. You have to go straight to this woman's house and straight back. So this, these boys are like, throw themselves on top. They get out of their car at a red light and they throw themselves on well, top. First, they're like, meet us at Landsburgers. Um, and they're like, eh, no. The girls are like, no, we are busy running errands. And then they get out of the car at a red light and, yeah, throw themselves on top of the car. Um, I'd like to say this is my second uh, guest star, Who the Fuck is That, of the episode. Uh, this, one of the uh, boys, not Jeff, I guess the one that the user summary said Chris, was named Chris. But we didn't ever get their name. Um, that I recognized him immediately but couldn't, like, pick his name in my head until I saw it on IMDb. It's Kip Pardue, uh, who is known, best known for playing Sunshine from Remember the Titans, which is one of my favorite movies. All right. Okay. Um, so they the drop off the purse and then they go and meet. They're like, oh, Lucy like convinces Mary, um, and she's like, we could just go for like a shake. So they decide that's what they're gonna do. They sit in the Camden car instead of the strange. Boy's, boys car. car which is smart i guess uh and they just like make up lies uh mary pretends her name is madeline madeline and lucy's like i'm sabrina and we're 19 and like 20 and we go to brown and then mary's like that's in europe and then the guys are like you're lying because they said that they go to yale and they're 21 yeah but yeah you're right clearly they're more more like more or less the same age yeah um they continue this weird car flirtation uh, by driving, like, alongside each other down, like, I guess the main street. Um, and they play this game called Fire Drill, which I actually hadn't heard of until I saw this show. I had heard of it, but I'm not going to say how I'd heard it. Like, well, can you explain what it is? Okay. Um, so I'm just going to say... I'm just going to say what I've heard of it as before. People usually always call this, like, a Chinese fire drill. I don't know why. Um... And it's like when you get out and you like everybody in the car switches seats for some reason or another, um, but you're like at a red light or like stopped somewhere in traffic. Um, so these boys are like, let's play fire drill, and they're at like a red light, and I think they run around the car like each like two times, and then they end they end up back in the seats where they started in, um, and that's it. You just like when you're basically when you're not like parked somewhere and everybody gets out and runs and changes seats or doesn't. Um, and they do this at, like, the first red light and then the second red light. And I think this is where we're going to stop Mary and Lucy's storyline for now. Because it intersects with our last storyline. Yeah. Um, so our last storyline is based around the Rev, Annie, and uh, a, mar- or a married couple who's come for <coughs> counseling, uh, Ted and Emily Grant. Um, Ted and Emily Grant are... Married are, IRL. Yeah. Are... My final who the fuck is that of the episode. Uh, Ted is played by Corbin Burnson, uh, who is most well known for his years on L.A. Law. But I don't really care about L.A. Law. I know him from, obviously, General Hospital, where he played John Durant. But also as Henry Spencer from Psych, which is one of my favorite shows. I will not hear anything negative about it. Um, And in real life, he is married to the actress that plays Emily Grant, Amanda Pays, who uh, is best known for her work in the original Flash series and actually came back to play a character in the newly launched Flash series, which is on the CW. Um, And they play a married couple on the show as well. Yeah. Uh, They come in. uh, They see the babies. uh, Emily's like, I want babies. And Ted's like, nope. 
uh, in the counseling room, Ted kind of gets right to business. Yeah, he's like, I want a divorce. I've wanted a divorce for a while. We learned they've been married for 15 years, and uh, he wants out. It, a lot of the scene of the scene is just her being completely shocked about this and him being like, I filed the papers, you take everything. I just want my clothes and my car. Yeah. And, and she's like freaking out. Um, that's about it. I the, mean, the Rev. She's like, like, I can't get my time back, my 15 years. And she's kind of shocked because it, this is obviously not a new development. He has been feeling this way, as we said, for a few years. So he leaves, and Emily ends up staying around the house. And this is where like we get... Like an entire day. Yeah. And this is where we get blatant British stereotypes uh, throughout... This is not, like, the first time we see this in the episode, but um, she makes tea from an actual teapot. Well, no, but the thing is, you're, you're like, she boils the kettle and puts the boiling water in the teapot, and Annie's like, I haven't used that teapot in years. And then she tells the Rev, like, oh... She, you know, uh, Emily made tea, and uh, it's, like, not, not like in the microwave. And in the last episode, we saw the Camdens using the tea kettle. So, like, I get it if, like, your teapot has been collecting dust, because who really needs a teapot? But um, they're, like, make, they're, they're acting like, oh, my God, this is so nice to have a British person around. And then she also makes cucumber sandwiches. Yep. I mean, I love cucumber sandwiches, but come on. Um, throughout this episode, we have each of the Camden family members having a conversation with Emily about, like, her situation. First, we have Annie, uh, which the Rev does not take kindly to. He says, I have nothing against women helping each other. He doesn't want anyone help, like, anyone speaking to this woman. He's like, she's here for me. Um, Simon talks to her about bad luck, and she talks about how she's recently had bad luck. She even talks to Lucy, uh, where Lucy tells her, you don't need to, like, wait to, like, date another man and then get married to him to have a child. You can do it yourself. Uh, you can adopt. You can be, you know, one parent is better than no parent. Uh, so, yeah. He, when Lucy, and this is the woman who ends up leaving her purse at the Camden household. So when Lucy and Mary go to drop it off, uh, she talks about, Lucy says, if you need us, please get in touch. It's like, you literally just met this woman today. Well, also, they're, they're like, oh, she's, she goes to our church, but all of them seem to, like, have just met her. Yeah, because at one point, Simon's, like, talking about his bad luck, and then he's like, wait, who are you? Yeah. Um, we then, let's go, so while all this is happening with Emily, where she's getting support from all the Camdens, um, we uh, have the Rev going to see Ted. The Rev is completely sure that Ted being by himself is not working out well for Ted, but... Ted is having the time of his life. Uh, he's in his underwear, drinking beer, listening Dancing to music. Dancing around. Doing his best to be Tom Cruise. Um, and Ted's pretty, like, drunk when um, the rev comes in. And this is some more British stereotypes going in because uh, he, she, he, Ted's, like, complaints about um, Emily are that she's too, like, uptight, too strict, to um like on schedule like he says schedule like that instead of schedule yeah um that like he doesn't she doesn't let him watch tv after eleven thirty. there's no smoking in the house even though you're he doesn't, he doesn't want, smoke right and that like there's all these rules and like you have to do things a certain way 
Um, and I guess my only complaint about this, or... Well, it doesn't really sound like a functional um, right. marriage. Like, how did they survive for 15 years? Like, why, would, why did they get married in the first place if it doesn't seem like he likes anything about her? Um, yeah. We also learned that, like, Emily, very quickly in the relationship, Ted was like, no kids. And Emily was like, okay. And that he said, you have to stay at home. You can't work. And Emily was like, okay. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't sound like it was working for 15 years. Yeah. Um, which Emily, like, seems totally shocked by this, though. And, which I guess, like, yeah, I mean, if this guy, like, is he, like, some sort of sociopath being able to hide the fact that he hates it? Like, he's not even himself? Because he says, this is the real Ted? Um, he, and I guess we're led to believe that he hasn't been drinking the entire time they've been married. Or if he has, it's very little. Oh, because she doesn't like beer or lager. Yeah. Um, well... Also, so, and this was one thing when the Rev was leaving, he, like, looks at Ted and he's like, how many beers is that? And he just, like, makes a fit. And I'm like, you're, you're an adult, he's an adult. Like, what are you trying to, like, shame him? Like, you've had too many today, Ted. Especially because this is in Ted's home. At this point, everybody's led to believe that he's going to stay at home. It's not like he's at a bar or he's at somebody else's house or he's going to drive anytime soon. Um, so the Rev's seeing that he's not getting anywhere with Ted. I keep on wanting to call him Corbin, because that's his real name. Um, he goes and visits Emily, um, and he's basically like, there's no getting through to Ted right now. Yeah, it seems like divorce. Like, he's made up his mind, and now the real Ted is... Out. But he also <laughs> says something like, I don't believe in divorce. Um, and... Uh, well, no, but he's like... Uh, the Rev says he doesn't believe in divorce, but he's like, but Ted does. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of, I was really afraid that they were going to push this in a direction where they're going to be like, divorce isn't good, and we're going to fix this no matter what. But I kind of like that the Rev was like, oh, okay. Like, I mean, not oh, okay, This seems but, irreparable, right. and this guy is like so, like such an asshole that this is probably the only way this is going to work. So uh, if you haven't guessed from the user summary, uh, Ted has run out of beer. And he's like, I need some more of that beer because I've been denied beer for 15 years of my life. So he gets in a car and starts driving. Um, and this is at the same time as Mary and Lucy are playing fire drill at a red light with the boys. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, we get some ominous music, some swerving, some Ted falling asleep at the wheel, and he crashes crashes right into the Camden station wagon. He's not going very fast, though, but... Uh, As our review told us. Yeah. Um, and if the girls were in the car, they would have been very hurt. Maybe. We're led to believe that um, they could have died if they were in the car. I mean, the looks of the crash looked like it was pretty strong. Uh, they might have been saved by an airbag. Yeah, and weirdly enough, Ted's airbag did not go off because all you hear after the crash is just, like, the horn, like, kind of just... Because Ted is, like, passed out on the horn, so right. it's just like... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, you don't for know, that sound effect. If you don't know what a horn sounds like. Um, and Mary and Lucy, as we said, are out of the car, so they do not get hurt, and they kind of hold on to each other. Um, immediately, this pushes to the next morning i think we're led to believe that like at that night they got home and the parents let them like go to sleep and didn't really say anything um mary's um, crying lucy wakes up crying and mary's just relieved that her sister's okay and they're both relieved that they're both safe and they're kind of like traumatized by the event um and they're like we need to tell them what really happened because the parents believe that a miracle of god yeah well saved them this is so ridiculous because um, they come into the 
the, the girl's bedroom and they're like so you just saw his car coming at you and you just jumped it like cat like reflexes they just yeah. immediately knew that they there was going to be a collision so i think the rev and annie might know that something is up Mm-mm. they're just pretty grateful and then mary's like we have to be honest with you the reason that we survived is not because of god <laughs> it's because of these boys who made us play a game so they explain what fire drill is. They explain that they were out of the car. I think immediately, I don't know, my issue with the parents is they never react to things correctly. Um, they immediately go from being so grateful that their kids are alive to, what? I mean, shouldn't they be happy anyway? Like, who cares what the circumstances are? Because if they were in that car and following, like, the rules, <laughs> they would be... Well, I guess injured. if they were actually following the rules, they wouldn't have been there at all because they would have gone straight to Emily's right. house and straight home, and they wouldn't have... Yeah, but this is, again, they act like this is in any way the girl's, the girl's fault when everything should be blamed on the drunk driver. Which, I mean, so anyway, Emily and Ted come over because for some reason Ted, like... He gets out of the hospital, and he's got, like, a cast on his leg and on his arm, and he's, like, got a neck brace on. Um, he's, like, has a... What is it called? A sling. A car... Oh, a cane. A, a cane. No, no. No, no, crutch. Crutch, yeah, crutches. Um, and he's not in prison or jail or anything? Right, or, or he... And, and he acts like he... That, that never happened. Like, the police didn't even... Well, he said that he's, like, gonna go into an, uh, like, an alcohol anonymous... Like meeting. Yeah, and he needs he, to do community he, service, and I'm like, that's actually. And his license is suspended. Yeah, and I was like, okay, no. That's not that's, how DUIs work. DUIs are much more serious than this. Um, Especially when you like crash into civilians. Yeah. Um, or people, like it's not just civilians, civilians. any people. <laughs> um, Sorry, too too much military military in my head right now. So, he comes over to apologize. And Annie brings the girls down, and they apologize. Like he apologizes, and the girls are like, "Okay, we we accept it." And Annie's like, "Girls, go upstairs." And she's like, "I don't accept your apology." And this is kind of like a really good Annie moment for me. She's like, she starts out her speech with, first of all, I'm disgusted in you for getting married 15 years ago when you did not want to get married," and then like, ending spending this- 15 years like wasting this woman's time and like making I don't know, and then to have no concern whatsoever about anybody else's well-being by, uh, first of all, getting drunk the minute that you are no longer in your wife's care, basically, or with your wife, and then needing to leave the house to get more beer, presumably, and then driving drunk and then running into my children. You could have not only hurt them, but you could have hurt other people, and you could have killed yourself as well. Yeah. And it's a good speech. It's a great speech. And she's like, I don't need to, like, walk around the truth or anything. I'm a mother. I can just say it. Yeah. And she kind of uses this attitude throughout the rest of the episode as she speaks to... All of the kids. Yeah. Except for Ruthie. Because Ruthie doesn't get in trouble. Um, But she tells... They tell Mary and Lucy that if you wanted to leave so badly, you have to earn it. And again, this theme of you can't just get whatever you want whenever you want it. That's only something newborns can do (laughs) as, like, a way of survival, not you guys or anybody else um and this basically ends with ted saying like i'm sorry like come sit next to me um i need you to he's like yeah like i guess you'll be taking me home or something like you know because he doesn't have a car um and 
she and she's like, oh, you can like we I, I can stay with you until I until better. the bandages are off. And she's like, fuck no, dude. Good for Emily. Yes, great for Emily. And he's like, fine, I'm gonna get a cab anyway. And she's like, bye, boy, bye. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's it. So they're done for, except not in real life. They're still married. Well, yeah, and the rest of the episode, basically, like we said, is the you know you can't get what you want. The the the, the, the rev and the and Annie do their rounds, run around to everyone, and they're like, stop what you're doing. Right. Um. And they're like last seen together as for once. I I wish the seven of them would just behave. And that's it. Bye. And then that's yeah. Bye. <laughs> that's that's the episode. Um. I guess that's why it's called. Sometimes that's just the way it is. Yeah. Although I you feel can't. like. I feel like yeah. it would have been better if they just based it off the Rolling Stones song. Although yeah. I feel like another episode was called You Can't Always Get What You Want. That might be true. One we, that we've already done? Yeah, I think so. We'll have to look. Um, so what do you rate this episode? I'll give it like a 3.5. Oh, wait, no. A 3. I'll give it a 3. I think I'm going to give it a 4. And I think purely because of the guest stars. Okay. Which I said... I wasn't that distracted by them. Yeah, which I, says color, which I said earlier colored my view of the episode. Um, I don't know. I thought it was pretty great. They handled drunk... Not great. Too much of a praise there. They um, handled the divorce matter correctly. Uh, they, Annie's speech about drunk driving was good. Um, and you can't always get what you want. I don't so, know. Who was your best Camden this episode, if you had one? Annie. Yeah, I agree with you. You always do this, and then you steal mine. Yep, that's exact. This is my end game theft. here. <laughs> Into, theft intellectual of intellectual property. property. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, if you would like to see some of the gems from this episode on our social media. Perhaps this Ruthie with the sparklers, or that's all I can think of. <laughs> or Ruthie doing a comedy routine, or Ruthie as Moses' mother. Yeah. <laughs> Any of Ruthie's great acts. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Show. Or you can find some screenshots if you check out our Facebook, um, at just Camden Cash. And to listen to our episodes, um, you can subscribe uh, on iTunes or on SoundCloud. And while you're there, if you like us, you can rate, review. And like us. Yeah, and like us. Yeah. Um, and we're here every Saturday and Sunday. So no worries. <laughs> Saturday and Wednesday. <laughs> Saturday and Wednesday. Yep. Okay. I'm Tanby. And I'm Erin. And this is Camden Cast. <laughs>